take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we're talking about the five ways that communication breaks down. And five is what we came up with, but there's many. Oh, there's there's plenty, but today this is... <laughs> These are the big the ones. Top five. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, I just wanted to read off a review. We are now at, this is episode 258. Wow. Which is really awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, a review came in. Uh, title is Just Love It. Though I am single, I love listening to a couple stories. I just enjoy their stories. I listen to uh, I listen to their advice. Thanks, Dr. Ray and Jean Gadcoding. You both are awesome. The guests whom you invite are also great. All of the episodes teach me something. I am now a fan of your show. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate that uh, review. Um, Thank you so much uh, for all of you out there that take the time to leave us a review. It gives us a, you know, a better understanding of our audience base and, you know, what you guys like listening to. And, and uh, you know, we always tailor our, our uh, message and episodes based on you, our audience. So thank you. So on to um, the five reasons or five ways that communication breaks down before that also wanted to just kind of give a shout out there because we are having our weekend intensive that's coming up on April 20th in Colorado. This is the first time that we are holding this uh, weekend intensive, this couple's retreat in Colorado. And uh, it is just a beautiful, beautiful venue. And we're just so excited to, to put this one on. It is really going to be awesome. Um, all of the participants are excited and uh, we are looking forward to hosting them. Yeah, this is our probably our most passionate thing that we do is, you know, you get a group of people together and it is so difficult for us to describe what it is and why you should do it. And most people that come on it are usually like, well, you guys said it would be worth it. You know, so go check out the testimonials that are is on couplesynergy.com. Uh, those are couples that have been on the weekend that use their words to describe what transformed in their relationship from that. And our topic today is relevant to why we created the weekend. Absolutely. And, you know, if you are interested in attending any future uh, weekends, we have one also scheduled for October 12th through the 15th. So, you know, get your spot, 
you know, get it, get it reserved. Now you guys can, can register. Um, Gene and I, we conduct personal virtual interviews with uh, potential participants to make sure that it's going to be a good fit for you and, and, you know, for the program. And if you're not in a relationship or you want to just work on yourself, we do host a weekend in September, which is also at the Lodge at Needle Rock out here in Colorado, which is beautiful. And that weekend is for personal and spiritual growth and development and a deeper understanding and connection with yourself and something bigger with your, than yourself. So, you know, a lot of our single clients are like, when are you going to have that? So that's also scheduled in September. And that might be for you, Brandon, even yeah. though you said you're single, you know, that we do have programs and we do have services for people who are single and want to have great relationships. And right after this weekend, I am going to start, or we, I don't know if we're both doing it, a once a month personal development group, which will culminate in and enhance the weekend, but you can do that separate from the weekend or in conjunction with that weekend. So look out for that on our website also and the registration for that. All right, so moving on to the five ways that communication breaks down. The first is you focus on talking and not listening. Yep. And, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard us say that all relationships starts out as parent-child. And as a child, you want your parent to understand you and listen to you and help you with your problem. But as the parent, you can't go to your child. So then when we get into relationships as adults, we sort of want to show up as that child. We want our partner to listen to us and understand us and help us solve the problem or help us change them so it feels better. And all that happens is communication completely breaks down. Yeah, if you're focused on communicating your message, but you are not willing to listen to your partner's message or their perspective on something, then it, it completely is going to break down. There's just no one is being heard. And, and that is, unfortunately, it is a very common mistake that a lot of couples make. And, you know, understandably, you want your partner to be able to know your perspective, understand your perspective, your point of view. But if you're not willing to hear your partner, then there's no point. And according to the research by John Gottman, you cannot solve a problem unless you can clearly state your opponent. Oh, sorry, not opponent. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose <laughs> because that's what's happening when communication breaks down. Right. You turn your partner into your opponent if you cannot clearly state your partner's position. And you'd be surprised at how off you are if you asked your partner, what is it you heard me say when they're reacting to you in a certain way? Or if you try to clearly state back to them their position, you probably totally have it off. Exactly. Right. So number two is you are afraid of hurting your partner or afraid of conflict. Yes. Yeah. And this is, this is also a very common issue that comes up, you know, within relationships as a relationship develops, as you start to invest more and more in your partner and the relationship, you know, it becomes more risky and the potential for conflict 
increases. And so couples tend to uh, censor their words. They tend to keep things to themselves because they don't want to have a conflict. They don't want to hurt their partner. They don't want to anger their partner. But this ends up causing a conflict, a bigger one, down the line. In some ways, this is kind of a self-esteem issue. And again, if you grew up in a household where you weren't listened to and feelings weren't really discussed and problems were minimized, you won't really have the practice of having those difficult conversations. But I promise you, every difficult conversation that you avoid grows. And and we've seen it grow all the way into divorce. Yeah. Because someone just didn't have the courage to openly state what they were experiencing. And a lot of times that is why people come to couples therapy is to have someone help them have those difficult conversations. And unfortunately, most people doing this work aren't really good at actually helping them navigate that. No, because most people doing this work, they end up acting like a referee and having each person state their case And then the therapist is sitting there making a judgment. Mm -hmm. Even if they're trying not to, they're making a judgment about who's right and who's wrong. Right. That's a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Because the fact of the matter is there are going to be things that you do not agree upon in your relationship. That's just inevitable. And, you know, the point of it isn't that one person gives in to the other or that you are going to win your case. You know, the point is that you learn more about who your partner is. You know, and that's going to be an ongoing, lifelong thing as you evolve through time, as your partner evolves through time. That is why it's so important to be able to express what you feel and what you think, regardless of whether your partner agrees on it or not. You know, I just had this vision come to my mind of being in a house with a hole in the roof and it rains. And it starts dripping in the living room. And so you fight about the bucket. You fight about which bucket you should use and who's going to empty the bucket and how big the bucket should be instead of fixing the hole in the roof. And that's a lot of times what happens. Couples go into couples counseling and the therapist says, so how was your week? Yeah. And they sit there and they go, well, he did this and she did that. And what do you think we should do about it? And that's like worrying about the bucket. Right, you're worrying about is the bucket catching the water, but what we do when we're helping people is go, well, where's the water coming from, mm-hmm. and why don't we fix that, and then you don't have to talk about buckets anymore. And and how do you guys come together to fix it together? Right, you have a common problem. Right. You have a hole in the roof, and what you do about the issue of water in the living room is not as important as fixing the underlying cause of why there's water in the room. What if you have a hole in the bucket? <laughs> you got two problems. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza. Then fix it, dear Henry. <laughs> <laughs> we might be dating ourselves. Yeah, we, we are. A lot of people don't even know what we're saying. All right, third one is you are reactionary. So you've probably heard us say this before, but healthy couples and unhealthy couples fight the same way. And the reason is we fight with our hindbrain or our reptilian brain that is reactive, that's only concerns our food and safety. 
And when your partner is upset about something or you're upset about something, you are instantly activating that fight, flight, freeze response in your brain. And that's where you're fighting from. And that's where that reactivity comes from. It's a very reactive part of our brain. Yeah, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter how good you are with communication skills. It is never going to come out perfect. It's always going to come out messy initially. And so if your partner is expressing to you some pain or complaint or something that hurts them, it is going to come out pretty messy. You can expect that. Second of all, if you react right away to that, that first you know, first impression of that message, then that communication or the potential for communication completely, it goes out the window. Yeah, when we're in that part of our brain, we get tunnel vision and tunnel hearing. We glob onto a word or phrase our partner says, we can't hear anything else. We just get stuck there. And no matter how much our partner tries to explain something different or how much you try to blast them, there is just no communication happening. And, you know, you guys could just do what we do and we schedule tea time and we sit down with a little cup of tea (laughs) Tea and we talk very calmly and rationally about our emotions. Yep. That's exactly what we do. (laughs) And if you believe that, maybe you should refer to the episode called The Late Night Fight. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So it is very normal to be reactionary. It's normal to lose it, to call each other names, to slam doors to stonewall. Those are really normal things we do when we feel threatened. So that's not the important part. The important part is what do you do after that? Calm down. You know, you think about if if you're parenting a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a four-year-old, maybe let's go with four years old because they have better vocabulary than a two-year-old and they're upset about something and they're like, <laughs> you can't even hear their words. And the first thing you're going to do is soothe them and calm them down so that you can hear their words and then work on a solution. And it's the same way with us, no matter how old we are, we have to calm ourselves down. We have to get into a place where we can open our ears up and become listeners and find out what's really going on. I find it interesting, especially um, at the lighthouse, managing people where someone will come to me with something that someone else is doing wrong, and they'll be correct. And I get reactive. I'm like, what is that? Why are they doing it like that? And then I'll go and talk to the person who did it, and it makes complete sense why they did that. Absolute complete sense. Like, okay, I can see why that happened. And I have to watch myself and my reactions, because that is my go-to. It's like, well, why, why aren't people listening? You know what I find interesting is that, you know, every time you kind of go with that voice, you know, our puppy stops what he's doing and he picks his head up and takes a look at what you're doing. The upset voice. Right, the upset voice. And and that's, you know, it's an instinctual type of reaction is that if someone is upset or someone is, you know, voicing some type of, you know, frustration in that, in that tone, we become defensive. We, we become on guard. We, we become, become alert. alert, right. Because somebody might be crying out for that help. That something is wrong, mm-hmm. right? And so when you think about that in, in our relationships, our, our committed partnerships, if our partner has some tone in their voice, it is going to cause us 
to become alert. And depending on the quality of the relationship, we may be guarded, we may become reactionary. You know, when we become guarded and reactionary, we also, at some level, feel responsible. That if our partner is upset, we're supposed to do something about it. And the defensive part comes in because we say, well, I didn't do anything. And you're somewhat right about that. If someone is having a big emotional reaction, it probably is not from what's immediately happening. And of course, this is a big part of the work that we do to teach people what is really going on. But it's that iceberg under the water that got activated. And it's really difficult to get down to the healing part of that if you're just concerned with, you know, the bucket and and fixing that piece and trying to uh, be careful about the issue as opposed to healing the issue. But that feeling responsible or that you're being blamed or you should do something about it, the only thing we can ever do for our partners is support them in their own healing journey. We cannot take responsibility for their emotions, for their reaction to things, even if we're the ones who's causing it. All healing is self-healing. We can support them. We can create a great space for that, which goes a long, long way to healing. But we we all have to heal ourselves. The, the fourth reason or fourth uh, reason why communication breaks down is you try having a serious conversation on an empty tank. <laughs> so, you, you know, you think about you know, the time you spend together as, as uh, deposits in this tank, you know, this emotional tank, and then trying to have a serious conversation is a withdrawal. And most couples are completely empty. They have not been investing much in the relationship as far as time, energy, emotion. And then they try to have, you know, a serious conversation or try to voice a complaint to their partner you are disconnected and there's no possible way that you are going to find common ground, find understanding or even compassion with each other because there's such a lack of bonding. Yeah. It's like your cell phone having 3% battery and then you're trying to coordinate a trip on the other side of the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. There's no juice. No, no. And and this is this is pretty self-explanatory. You know, and most couples out there, they really are starving for that bonding time. You know, the world puts so much demand on us, and we are we give way too much to everyone else, and and our relationship takes a back seat. You were saying something really important the other day when we were working with a couple and she was talking about feeling guilty as a mother because, you know, she's got a full-time job. And you said to her, if you're parenting from a place of guilt, you're parenting about you and not about what your kids need. Right. And this is the same thing we do in, in our relationships where we we're not taking good enough self-care and we are overgiving everywhere else and you know that's the thing it's like once you start that and this is why I recommend the book the four agreements and one of the agreements is always do your best 
And when you do less than your best, you feel guilty. But when you do better than your best, you also feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's this guilt-driven thing that probably isn't accurate or true that really messes things up when it comes to communication and trying to have those conversations when you're really depleted. Last thing at night, in the car when you're headed somewhere like a family party. Last thing at night, like at midnight. Yeah. Like you're in bed and you're (laughs) starting to fall asleep and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. You know, the late night fight. Yeah. You know, besides kids and parenting from a place of guilt, you know, if you are doing things for your partner out of guilt, if you're doing something for anyone out of a place of guilt, you are not making it about them. You are making it about you. And that is not a partnership. That's a selfish, one-sided relationship. It took me a long time to stop being self-preservation. Preservation, yeah. Like Like guarding myself, being protective of myself. And being able to set that aside and really see things from your perspective and what you might need and realize that things I was doing to guard or protect myself were actually really hurting you. Hmm. And I was so consumed with my stuff, I couldn't see your stuff. And it wasn't until I really started to see how things were impacting you that I got over some of myself. You know, it's not always about everything I need. And to try to see your perspective and how things are different in your life. And, you know, it's that whole don't point out the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own, Mm -hmm. but we don't see our own plank. And we see it and we can get empathy and compassion for our own plank if we can support the pain of the speck in our partner's eye. The fifth reason why communication breaks down is you minimize or one-up your partner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and this is, you know, I I mean, this is kind of a form of contempt, is that you are not showing any respect for your partner's needs at all. You know, if they are voicing a complaint, and again, it's not going to come out pretty, it's always going to come out messy, and you just minimize it, or you, you know, shut it down, or you one-up your partner, like, you know, oh, yeah, well, you do that too. Or you did this, you know, last week. It completely dismissing what their pain is and now, you know, shoving it in their face about something that they did. This is not, obviously, you could see that this is not a partnership. This is definitely competition. I was like, who's going to win on, on this uh, one-up list? You know, the interesting thing about minimizing something, so we've been in the process of building the saloon, which is where we're sitting recording our podcast right now, which is not done. (laughs) It's a little messy in here today, but a lot of work is getting done. And, you know, we have someone uh, who's doing the work for us slash with us because we're trying to help at the skill levels that we have. And we'll start working on something and he'll come by and he'll be like, 
that is completely not how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a little minimized thing in my perspective, like, so maybe it's not sanded a little bit or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. And what I don't know is five steps down the line, how big of a problem that's going to be. Right. And he can see that. Yeah. And because of that, and, and this is what's happening in relationships, when one of you senses that something is off, the thing they see as off is probably a small thing, but it is the symbol of a larger thing that will come back to haunt you later. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Or it's the start of a larger thing. Yeah. Oh, my favorite is um, this one plumber. He was, no, he was a floor tiler and he put a nail through a plumbing pipe in someone's home that they were building and he took duct tape and some other things and he just wrapped up the hole in the pipe and then a month later of and course and then they walled up and everything. they walled it all up oh my god and they went oh it's just a little hole it'll be fine right <laughs> then a month later the walls leaking and there's a huge <laughs> problem and those are the things we try to do we try to in this moment make something small so we don't have to deal with something uncomfortable or tend to the, the bigger thing that it represents but I'm telling you, that's going to be a way bigger problem later. Yeah. You know, and minimization doesn't necessarily mean that you are just, you know, shooting down your partner or making it small by being verbal. You can minimize within yourself. You can say to yourself, well, you know what? Uh, I don't really want to, you know, complain about this or I don't want to come across as a crybaby or, you know, I could just sweep this under the carpet. And so minimizing it within yourself also is going to lead to a bigger problem down the line. Yeah, the show we were watching yesterday, they called it Toxic Positivity. Toxic Positivity, that's right, yeah. Where you just try to sunshine and rainbow everything, even though they're a mess. Right. And that, of course, leads to a big problem, and it undermines what really is happening for people. And, you know, relationships are not logical. I can't tell you how many times we've had that discussion with people. No, emotional, yes. They're emotional, and those emotions are there because we sense something, and we can't always find the words. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to logic that it's not a real thing. Yeah. I mean, people logic all sorts of stuff. People are logicking that the earth is flat. Yeah. Relationships (laughs) never make sense. No, they (laughs) do not. Right. And if you one-up someone... What you do is you take their stuff, tell them they're not important, and that my stuff is more important. And you'll see this pattern in a relationship. And again, it's it's a way for that person who's one-upping to try and deflect something that's really happening, either for their partner or for themselves. And it it leads away from the core issue and puts you on a merry chase down the rabbit hole. They're either two winners or two losers in every relationship. Teammates don't keep score. That's true. So we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. 
For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Home Study Course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.